This is a podcast by the Business Times. Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by the Business Times, where we explore useful financial tips. I'm your host, Chris Lim. In this episode, we're discussing how to fix the top financial planning mistakes made by the so-called sandwich generation, who are typically Gen Xers and millennials in their 30s and 40s, and who are responsible not only for bringing up their own children but also caring for aging parents. Our guest this episode is Daniel Lum, a Viva's product and marketing director. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Thank you for having me. So Aviva is an insurer that's well-known Singapore to national servicemen for its MINDEF insurance plans, for example. And it's set to merge with fellow insurer SingLife in the first quarter of 2021. Today, we're talking about Gen Xers, the sandwich generation. Daniel, what special challenges does the sandwich generation make? And in what way is it sandwiched? Well, I think if you look at the sandwich generation, it refers to working adults who are caring for both their children and parents at the same time. So if you look at it like a sandwich, you could look at the top layer as being the parents, you in between, and then the children at the bottom. So therefore, sandwich generation. And the people in between, the people of the sandwich generation are dependent on for emotional, financial, and material support. And I think the difficulty comes with economic challenges as things change over time and changing demographics. So, for example, today's cost of living probably exceeds that of what old parents expected when they were working. And the cost of raising a child today are much higher compared to, say, 10 years ago. So even as we are living the sandwich generation life, we find that the challenges continue to increase as a result of those economic challenges. And uh, as we live longer, the challenge of providing for your parents as well as yourself increases as well. So the challenges again increase over time. So the issue really is if something goes wrong to the primary caregiver, who's a source of income for the entire family, then you can obviously see three generations being affected all at the same time. Well, that's quite a sandwich. In fact, it sounds like being stuck between a rock and a hard place. No, actually, as a Gen Xer myself, I'm also part of the sandwich generation. So I'm really interested in hearing what mistakes to avoid. Now, what are the top mistakes we, the sandwich generation, are making? That's a great question. I would say overall, the key thing to figure out is getting a financial plan in place. And what that means is, you know, understanding what your priorities are in life, whether that's saving for retirement, having kids go through education, protecting yourself. So a financial plan and a person guiding you will basically establish kind of what you need, what you currently have and what the gaps are and work towards that. So I think the key to financial planning is really having a plan and how to start on that plan. So I think that's the kind of key mistake that people make, not having a financial plan. That's number one. I think number two is probably underestimating how much people need in terms of protecting themselves. And by that, I mean managing risk, insurance cover. The Life Insurance Association did a study in terms of the protection gap. And what it showed was that on average, people are short of life insurance protection about two times their annual salary. And for critical illness, people are generally short of three times their annual salary in terms of critical illness cover. So those are quite interesting statistics, I think. And that's just the average. So you will certainly see situations where people kind of need more and maybe some people need less. 
And maybe if I take it a bit more topical, the government launched Cash You Life scheme on uh, 1st October recently. And Aviva did a long-term care study that showed that 95% of people are actually aware of severe disability that can happen at any time to anyone. But yet, 50% still believe they can continue to stay healthy and are unlikely to need long-term care. And that number actually changes depending on how young or old you are. For example, younger Singaporeans feel even more invincible. Close to 69% of them believe that they will continue to stay healthy and will be unlikely to need long-term care cover. So I think the second mistake, I think, is underestimating how much protection you need. So the number three mistake I think people make is not taking enough risk. Some people put money in fixed deposits and bank accounts, and which is fine, which is stable, which doesn't lose in terms of value of money. But I think the, the issue is low risk doesn't mean no risk, just like the police force says that low crime doesn't mean no crime. If you have a target amount that you want to save for, not taking enough risk certainly poses its own risk. If you like Money Hacks so far, please subscribe to Money Hacks on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and like us and give us a rating. And now back to our conversation about how to fix the money mistakes the sandwich generation makes with my guest, Daniel Lum, Aviva's product and marketing director. Now, before the break, Daniel, you walked us through the top three mistakes people like me in the sandwich generation make. Mistake number one is having no plan, right? Mistake number two is being underinsured, especially in terms of life and critical illness coverage. And the third top mistake really is playing it too safe, not taking enough risk in order to make sure you meet your financial goals. Now, how do we go about fixing these mistakes? Do you have a roadmap, a step-by-step plan for us? I sure do. So I think the step-by-step plan starts with step one, which is talk to a qualified person who can advise you on financial planning, qualified financial advisor. And for the sandwich generation, that probably also means that when you do your financial plan, make sure you take into account your children and your parents. Ultimately, it's an issue of budget and making personal choices and prioritizing. But I think that's the first step. Step two, I guess, is if you don't already have one, set up an emergency fund that will cover you for six to 12 months of expenses, which is, I think, very timely nowadays in terms of people losing their jobs and so on. And the less certain you are of your income, the more you need to set aside. So that'd be step two for me. And then step three, again, talk about protection. So definitely assess what you need, see what the priorities are. And then I think you can go to savings, whether that's your own retirement or setting your child's education. Definitely look at that. One of the benefits of insurance plans is they have options and supplements that should something happen to you as a parent, if you die or disabled or have a critical illness, premiums are waived and savings will still continue to grow as if premiums were being paid. And the last one, I think, again, service generation, your parents. I think one of the easy ways to help your parents is help them stay healthy, get medical checkups, you know, make sure they're mentally and physically active because saving away sickness definitely helps save money. Secondly, make sure they're covered. There are national schemes in terms of MediShield Life, CareShield Life, and there are private plans which you can supplement that. So if you can do that, I would recommend doing that. And then maybe the same financial planner that you look to can also help your parents look at funds they are invested in, whether they're taking the right risks, and maybe look at funds that deliver income rather than long-term growth. Sounds like you've got five things there. I mean, one is really talk to a financial advisor. 
Number two is you have to be honest with what you need. Make sure you're covered properly. Number three sounds like that's where you get an insurance plan. Number four is encourage your dependents to be healthy. Number five sounds like you may want to look at getting your dependents' financial needs assessed too, like parents. You know, are your parents well set up? You may be well set up, but if your parents are not, that could be a blind spot there. That's a quite a lot of things to do. It sounds like though the middle bit, the third step, which is pick savings and insurance plans to make sure that you have goals that you can work towards. It requires you to be quite honest with your needs, right? In step one and two, so you have to make sure that you don't kid yourself. If you say, "Oh, it's just me and my wife," and then it looks like, "Hey, I'm well covered, right?" But if you really list out everything, there's me, there's my children, there's my parents, and if I'm the sole breadwinner, then how much I need to set aside? Oh yeah, I forgot emergency fund you mentioned, right? So that's six steps actually. The size of your emergency fund will need to correlate with the amount of liabilities, responsibilities you have. So if you have parents, you have yourself, maybe you have a spouse, maybe your kids, you might need more both insurance coverage as well as a larger emergency fund. Am I right? Yeah, that's exactly right. But it can get a bit overwhelming, right? I mean, maybe this is where an experienced financial advisor or planner would come in, where this person could come in and help you break it into bite-sized bits. Otherwise, someone tells you, "Okay, wow, you've got six mouths to feed. If anything happens to you, here is the total amount you need to set aside." And you go, like, "How on earth am I supposed to do that? A bit unmanageable, right? How do you break it up?" Agree. So I think it comes down to prioritizing. So seeing what is the most important to you. And then looking at that, and then setting aside money for that, whether that's putting aside money for premiums or putting money aside month by month for savings. But basically, you have to make choices. The key to the financial plan, I guess, is not so much that you're going to be able to solve everything perfectly in every situation, but at least it gives you a clue as to what areas you are probably stronger at or have lower gaps. And then what you kind of need to work on next when you do have the financial capability to actually do something more in that area. That's what a plan is. No plan starts perfect, but you got to start somewhere. So the plan makes you aware of where your weaknesses are and where you are sufficiently covered. Interesting, you mentioned also there's no perfect plan. So just because you don't have a perfect plan or a perfect amount of income doesn't mean there's a reason to procrastinate and put it off. You have to start somewhere, right? Completely agree. Yeah. Most of us don't have a perfect plan because we don't have perfect finances, right? All of us wish we could make perfect investment decisions. That's not always going to happen. All of us wish that bad things don't happen to us, and sometimes they do. The point is, you know, not to hide behind or put your head in the ground and think that life is perfect, but to actually accept that there are challenges, and you know, let's try and find the best way to solve them as much as possible. Thanks for being on the show, Daniel. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. We've been speaking about how to fix the top money mistakes that the sandwich generation makes with my guest Daniel Lum, Aviva's product and marketing director. And that's a wrap for this episode of Money Hacks, a podcast series by the Business Times. That was an SBH podcast by the Business Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast@sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at the Straits Times, the Business Times, and Money FM eighty nine point three. Any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. 
Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.